0: and we talk about dynamic duels you got jason tatum in the midst of an mvp caliber season averaging a career high on pace to become the first celtic to average 30 for a complete year and once a week Jalen brown is the best guy on the court and we are back y'all know that's right back again for another episode of the really?
1: yes sir yes sir and as always rocking with you. A man for Ross in the building. And I got with me my brother, my partner in crime. Little more tan, saltier skin. You hey, know hey, what hey, I'm hey. saying? My brother, Tyler Murray. How you feeling, Ty?
0: I'm feeling good, bro. Jam-packed show. Should the Boston Celtics be considered favorites? Uncle Shea versus the Grizzlies. Chink in the armor for the iconic San Antonio Spurs. And more. We got a great show for y'all today. But if you're wondering what my boy, Ross, was talking about, we apologize first for that brief hiatus from a full pod. I know it's been a little bit of a minute, but it's because we were busy. We were in the VI tracking down the kid who hit Paul George's car. No, yeah. I'm just playing. <laughs> we were celebrating the big 2-6 birthday. Shouts to Faraz, all my friends, my girl for making it happen. Surprised me, man. I was in the airport shocked. Like, where are we going? Say, <laughs> say what? St. Croix, let's go. Hyped. What a trip, man. It was amazing.
1: Oh man, amazing doesn't begin to cover it, man. Big shouts out to the guys, them, and then, of course, the rest of the Chicas, you know? But huge shouts out to Hericlia, man. Um, you know, I want you to hear this. I want you to know how important, not only for Short sure to Ty, but to me. We've been, so just to give you guys a little background, right? You know what I'm saying? We've been friends for about nine years, right? Me, yeah. and Ty, the gang, my boy, Dilly Zs, my boy, Thick to the Kaya, you know? And, uh, we've been talking about day, from day one to come down to the Virgin Islands. And of course, you know what, guys? It takes one of our girlfriends, right? Or some <laughs> one of the friends' girlfriends to actually make the trip happen. So nine huge years in the Nine years. And the funny thing about it, right, is I'm talking to Ty right before our last episode. He's like, Yeah, man, it's probably gonna be our last episode for like a week. And my girl's surprising me with a trip. <laughs> uh, you is. know. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dog, I mean, I hear you on the trip. Uh you know where you're going, you know, and that whole time I know where he's at, where where he's going. He's like, Man, as long as I don't go to Iowa. Or Illinois, you said? One of the two. Idaho, yeah.
0: Any of those. Idaho.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm laughing. I'm like, uh, well, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully, you don't go to Idaho. I think you should be all right, you know? And he's like, man, but we still got to do the Virgin Islands trip one of these days. And he's probably thinking, I'm an a-hole because I'm all off standoffish. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, Ty. It'll probably happen one day, you know? But it is what it is. Don't worry about it, you know? My boy got on a plane, you know what I'm saying? Saw me basically later that day, you know?
0: Hey, yeah, yeah. And for those uh, listening to the audio, check out the Spotify or check out the YouTube. I'll I'll throw some of the the videos, at least my reaction, (laughs) because, man, I was shocked, to say the least. I was really preparing myself for Idaho. So, um, yeah, man, dope, dope trip. Best birthday ever, man. No, No doubt.
1: Hey, I'm glad to hear that, brother, the big 2-6 celebrated in the Virgin Islands. At least Ty can be witness or attest. So every time I gas up St. Croix <laughs> on the pod, at least it's with proper reason, you know?
0: That's facts. That's facts. All right, man, let's get into it. The Boston Celtics. Ty, Sultans. real quick, real quick, real
1: quick, real quick. Before we get into it, do not forget to hit yes. that like button on the video, that subscribe to the channel. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate all support. You know what I'm saying? Supporting us and supporting yourself. You know what I mean? So uh, without further ado, back to the pod.
0: Let's go. Boston Celtics, should they be considered the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship? We know they were the runner-up last year, but hey, they came back with a vengeance. I'm talking about best record in the league. I'm talking about a nine-game win streak. And it's all coming together for the green and white. No MA? No problem.
1: Yeah, you said it. You said it. I think they were able to learn enough from him last year. My boy JB and JT, a whole heap of J's on that squad, right? (laughs) (laughs) Able to take the next step, you know, and and basically become the superstars that we knew they were bound to become, you know? This Celtics team is looking like they have no competition, especially in this last win streak of late. Celtics have been dominant, you know what I mean? Jason Tatum looking like he's much more of a veteran than he actually is. Same thing with Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart doing his thing. Al Horford somehow still hanging around and being productive. Man, this Celtics team is good. I got to give them credit where it's due.
0: Facts. And we talk about dynamic duels. You got Jason Tatum in the midst of an MVP caliber season, averaging a career high on pace to become the first Celtic to average 30 for a complete year. And once a week, Jalen Brown is the best guy on the court next to that guy. That's a dynamic duo, man. These two are absolute studs. I can only imagine what Jalen Brown would do if he had it, the keys to his own franchise. I would love for it to be in New York. But man, Malcolm Brogdon <laughs> off the bench has been all they could hope for. He's in the lead for sixth man of the year. Joe Missoula, he could be coach of the year. So you're looking at a season where you could potentially, I don't think Jason Tatum is going to do it because Luca and, and the Joker are, are doing phenomenal things, but you never know how the second half could play. You're looking at a team that could have the coach of the year, the MVP, the sixth man of the year, and a guy in Jalen Brown that's better than the MVP once a week. That's crazy. And you forgot potential depoy, right? So
1: this team can literally clear house on every <laughs> single award. It's possible. Have we seen it done before? I don't even think we've ever seen it to this extent. We might not even have had other than the year where Jordan won like MVP and finals MVP and Depoy and leading the league and scoring all in the same year while Phil Jackson won. You you know what I'm saying? But they didn't have six men. You know what I mean? Like, So this team is dominant. I think this is actually an all-time historic team that we're witnessing right now.
0: Yeah, man, I hope that they stay healthy so they can get a shot to to complete it, man, because if we go back to the finals, and I know I'm taking you guys a while back now, I remember me and Frost getting on wax and saying the Celtics should be winning this series. Every game they led and they made bonehead mistakes, made young team mistakes to give Golden State an opportunity, but man, they look like they're ready to right their wrongs. I like what I'm seeing from Boston this year.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Celtics, man, they've been very dominant. I mean, they've only really lost a few games since mid-December. You've seen them really step it into form after the back-to-back. They they had a little three-game losing streak, the back-to-back losses to the Magic, which they should never do, December 16th and 18th, right? They lose to the Pacers on the 21st, and barring, you know, a a loss to the Nuggets and a really bad loss to the Thunder, this team has been dominant basically won every single other game they've played since mid-December, you know? Uh, The Celtics team has taken the next step. The thing about the Celtics team, which you're a little unsure of, right, is some of the experience, which they gained last year in the finals. Um, But will this just be a regular season team? We've seen the likes of the Chicago Bulls uh, with Derrick Rose. You know, for three, four years in a row, they were first. But guess what? They had to face LeBron and the heat. At at some point, they were going to see him. Say all that to say this. The Celtics have a tough run if they want to win the NBA championship. More than likely, they're going to have to face Kevin Durant, The Milwaukee Bucks. I meant to say the Brooklyn Nets, but you know what I mean. Kevin Durant, the Milwaukee Bucks. (laughs) um, They might have to face the Heat who have been playing well. There's some very good teams in their way that we know haven't been playing to the best of their ability the entire season so far. This is not an open-and-shut championship team, but we saw what they did last year, and they had to go through those very same teams last year. So, sorry, go ahead.
0: And I will say... You mentioned maybe the potential for this to be just a regular season team. This doesn't feel like that. No, this feels no. different. I think it's part of that experience. I think it's two bonafide studs <laughs> in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I think, like, I don't know. It's just you watch these guys. They're getting after it. It feels different. They feel like they're here to stay.
1: You're right. You're right. And, I mean, Kobe had a very, very important point I want to say was either in the Lakers documentary or if it was about the Dream Team. I want to say it was on the Lakers documentary. But basically talking about that run run in with the Celtics in 08. You know, and if you really think about it, right, nine times out of ten, it's very rare. Seen it a lot in recent times, but it's very rare that the team that loses the NBA finals ends up back in the finals ever, let alone winning a championship, right? But this team seems like they've been able to learn from their mistakes last year. and They look poised to make a very, very deep run. Right now, they are the favorites. Can they keep this up? I would love to see it.
0: Man, so would I. All right, we got to talk about it. <laughs> this is probably coming out after Uncle Shea has addressed his <laughs> has addressed his actions on Undisputed. Man, I can't wait for that. That's going to be a get your popcorn ready moment. But, man, <laughs> Friday night, it was Shannon Sharp versus the Grizzlies. Okay, we all know Memphis leads the league in trash talk. They might have met their match because <laughs> they got one of the biggest talking heads in all of America, in the sports world at least, and Shannon Sharp sitting courtside to support his guy, Lego James, as he likes to call him. And, uh well, things got feisty and spicy, to say the least, man, because it started with Dylan Brooks not being able to guard Braun. Shannon Sharp kindly pointed that out to Dylan, if he didn't already know. He said, you too little. You can't guard him. And Dylan had some choice words to Shannon. Shannon fired some back like he's known to do. <laughs> and, man, I don't know. He was busting out that cardigan, all 250 of them, bro, <laughs> on the sideline.
1: Can I read what he said? So, yes, you hit the nail on the head, but I really want to give the viewers a hope for those yeah. who didn't hear it. I really want to go through it, man. So just to paint it right, you know what I'm saying? Uh, basically, the, the little uh, confrontation happened. He was escorted to, to the back hallway or in the back of the arena, um, for halftime and on his way back to his seat, a news outlet was able to get some, some choice words from our brother, our uncle, may I say, Shannon Sharp. And I quote, they didn't want this smoke, Dave, comma, Sharp said. They do all that talking and jockeying. I ain't about that jockeying. Started with Dylan Brooks. I said he was too small to guard LeBron. He said F me. I said F you back. <laughs> he started to <laughs> come at me and I said, we don't want these problems. And this is where it got interesting. He didn't say this. I'm throwing that in there. And then Ja came out of nowhere talking. He definitely didn't want these problems. (laughs) Then the dad came out, and he obviously didn't want no problems. So if there is a moral of the story here, the Grizzly didn't want no smoke with Shannon Sharp.
0: (laughs) That's funny, bro. They had to call in T. Morant from the stands. My man is that. (laughs) He's the 16th man on the roster right now, bro. He's at every game.
1: Dog, I ain't gonna lie though. I, I get it. You know, what I'm saying he's basically, like you said, the sixth man on the roster. I don't think he's getting paid by the Grizzlies, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a contract because he's Just there. Just signed him a little
2: something.
1: You know what I'm saying? And I say all that to say this, man. First off, not only is T. Morant the youngest old head in history <laughs> of history, right? We know he don't want no smoke with Shannon Sharp, <laughs> right? So that was funny to see. But you gotta, you gotta run, you gotta ride for your kid. You know what I'm saying? So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. My guy is a uh, superstar in the league. Best believe I'm sitting courtside at every game too. (laughs) All right. Oh yeah.
1: And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's love there. LeBron came out. He said, I mean, I ride with Shannon for 365 days, 366 on a leap year. (laughs) James said after the game, so that's my guy. I'll always have my back and he's got mine. He could talk with the best of them and that's for sure. Uh, Thoughts on what LeBron had to say.
0: Yeah, man. I think it makes sense when you consider the history. Like, we remember that game, whether it was earlier this year or last year, where LeBron had to do his best Uncle Shay Shay impression on the Grizzlies. They were talking too much. You standing up for one of his guys, got in the face of John Morant. John's like, LeBron, chill. <laughs> nah, it ain't no chill. I don't roll like that. So, uh yeah, man, there's some history there. It's no secret that this team and the Grizzlies love to talk, but they got to start backing it up. I know they got a top two seed in the West, but I need to see this. This the same action in the playoffs. With that being said, man, we
1: all know if there's somebody who rides for Braun, it's Shannon Sharp and LeBron would be a fraud if he didn't feel that same way back. So with all that being said, that is cool. You know what I'm saying? You like to see that love. And you mentioned it, man. LeBron was doing his own in the trash talk. You love to see it, man. You don't want to see, obviously, any any fights, right? But you do love to see that competitive drive and at least for a nice little conversation topic later on, you know?
0: Yeah. And uh one more thing on this last thought for me, bro, is I think I think Shay just set the standard, you know, TV personality, you get a couple extra benefits because if any average Joe, me or you sitting courtside and we got the whole Stephen Adams Aquaman breathing down our neck, we got T Morant yelling in our right ear, John Morant yelling from the center court, we getting kicked up out of there <laughs> and we're not coming back. My man Shannon Sharp was back in his seat with a bag full of popcorn by the third quarter.
1: <laughs> and the funny thing is, he is we all know Shannon Sharp is a sports analyst, right? He's very heavy in the basketball analytics side of things, right? But I don't think he was there working, you know? I think he was there just for the game, right? <laughs> yeah. It shows when you got the clout, <laughs> you got it. You know what I mean? Because like you said, a fan could just look at LeBron weird and he could be like, hey, get this guy out of here. Shannon Sharp going back and forth with him telling an NBA player on the court mid-game, F you. You know what I mean? (laughs) F you. You know what I'm saying? What you thought this was. You can't guard Bron. You know? But that's Shannon Sharp. And I think that's the difference, right? It's like that's who we know him to be. That's his personality both on and off the court. I don't think he was doing anything wrong. But I think actually, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, it's a little unprofessional for the Grizzly players to get into it with a fan on the side of the court. Because, yeah. We know Shannon Sharp and who he is, right? And yeah, I'm sure he was talking crap and smack, but I will guarantee you that's not worse than what is being spoken on a night in, night out basis courtside to these players, or even a little bit further than courtside, right? So what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think you're fat. you're right, bro. You're you're all in line. I mean, Shannon Sharp didn't say anything that you won't hear in any of the other 29 NBA arenas. And uh the one one positive thing, maybe my favorite. Of this whole incident with Shay is uh all these old clips of Uncle Shay in his playing days resurfacing. They like, bro's been a man. <laughs> <laughs> He's always been talking smack. I know that iconic video of him picking like, up the phone on the phone. <laughs> yeah. But this is the one that got me. He was like, ah. third grade, my teacher. She said, if someone's struggling with the word, we're gonna let him sound them out. But I'm gonna help him, so don't you say anything. So I never get this guy named Johnny. He got to a word, and it was like, and the teacher, was, and she kept saying, "It sounds like Johnny." It sounds like, and I said, "It sounds like Johnny can't read." She said, "Shannon Sharp,
1: get out of the class, and don't come back until you learn how to." You gotta be to a Hall of people. Fame menace. I went out of right? class I to be able to remember some, something like that from third grade. You know what I mean? Like this guy
0: Shannon is not easy. You know. Thanks. 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 All right, bro, we gotta get to this because uh speak your guys, I mean your pseudo guys,
1: right? Guys. Speaking of not easy, you know what I mean? Like you said, my mm. pseudo guys, my I don't want to say shadow team, right? But my shadow team, you know what I'm saying? Big shots out <laughs> to The San Antonio Spurs, man. And we know the San Antonio Spurs not only to be one of the most professional organizations and well-run organizations, we know them being able to have blown the standards off of what it means to be a small market or mid-market franchise and organization. San Antonio is the only smaller mid-market team right now that has the presence, the following, the the history, the the resume that any one of these major, major teams do. But, you know, it can't always be perfect forever, which we've started to see from a former Spur come out
0: as of late. That's facts, man. And you like mentioned it, like, even beyond basketball, there's a model for the big market, probably like the that 2000s Yankees type model, maybe the Cowboys with Jimmy Johnson or whatever. But that small market model is probably San Antonio. What they were able to do with the Admiral, turning that into Tim Duncan and company, turning that into Tony and Manu and company, turning that into Kawhi and company. But DeJounte Murray, the most recent star for the black and silver, spoke out with Stack and Matt Barnes on all the Smoke Podcasts, and he had some interesting things to say about his time in San Antonio. Let's hear his
2: words. And my, I'm I'm behind Tony, Patty, but they playing these mind games. They trying to see if they could break me, not knowing you can't break me. They want you to break yourself. They want you to break yourself. You know what I'm saying? Man, bro, this is too much, bro. I'm like, what did they put me through, bro? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I start hearing your name. Steve Jack went through a lot of BS. Obviously, we know you. I know you cold. So you ain't, ain't got to tell me you cold. <laughs> Come on, bro. People don't realize, bro, I went through so much there. Like, I was there six years. Like, they drafted me, but they feel like the stuff that was going around the air of me coming from the hood and da da da, that I was going to make it in Entourage 30 people yeah. smoking, drinking in articles about fighting, just ruining their reputation and what they stand for as a Spurs. You know, I think that's what they thought, but they never said that, you know what I mean? Just from the stuff I had to go through, like. So
0: y'all heard it there. I mean, Pop, one of the best coaches in NBA history, throw him in the Naismith right now, if you want to. Spurs, one of the best organizations in NBA history, but the two of them have done everything but win games since 2019. And what DeJounte Murray just talked about points out an alarming trend that didn't just start, but has been happening for a long time. Yeah, because I'm going to read you some of the names that have been on the Spurs. These guys are studs, superstars, all-stars, a lot of them. But one thing they have in common is they were either forced or wanted real bad to make their way out of San Antonio. Steven Jackson, Kawhi Leonard. DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, it's a little concerning, though.
1: It's funny that you mentioned, right, because all the players that you just mentioned are well-known. Um, they're have they outspoken about, you know, the conditions and stuff that they had to go through when they were coming up and growing up, right? But in my opinion, right, so many people can be destined for the NBA, right? And the fact that they'd made it there already showed that they were in that elite group, not of just basketball players because we know there are players who can kill in the NBA like Isaiah Thomas should have an NBA contract right now not to say the reason why he's not in the league is because of what I'm about to say but I say all that to say this they had to absorb and endure and go through the hardships to even get there right they had to sacrifice yes just because you grow up in a place like that where you know those places are notorious for certain things they had to avoid those things as kids right and the fact that they've made it to this point shows that no matter how they look on the outside or how they sound on the outside, these are genuine professionals these are these are people who have done their part and deserve to be where they're at now this comes as a little bit shocking news, I'm sure not just to me but to you to everybody sitting at home, yeah, because the spurs are one of those clean like clean cut you know what I'm saying suit and tie yeah they're blue collar, but suit and tie franchises you know what i mean the stars that are there don't ever make too much noise and if they do you don't hear about it right clean cut you know what i mean clean around the edges kind of way and you thought that that's just the culture that they built but now hearing this shows that they're outing players who feel can even threaten that culture which is kind of shocking and sad because it's no longer the spurs are building these kind of guys the Spurs only want who they want and getting rid of guys who they could be studs. But if they're going to challenge the status quo, they don't want them. And for what? Have they actually challenged the status quo? Or is it a perception of that? You know?
0: Yeah. And it, it was a it was a good insight into that, right? And they, it's an image that they obviously care about. For them to, to go out of their way and make life hard for a guy like DeJounte Murray. For them to got, go out of their way and, and, and almost bully Steven Jackson into leaving, right? Like, that shows... Okay, it's a double-edged sword, the way I looked at it, right? You want to build this culture. You want to build this sustained excellence. So you have to be selective with the guys you bring in, not only in the roster, but in the front office and coaching staff, right? Um, Like, okay, that works. But what happens when it's not resulting in winning anymore? What happens when you miss the playoffs the last four years like they have? Uh, what, What is it worth it for, right? You're sacrificing these talented guys, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard, if they're playing together right now, hey, <laughs> that's, a, that's a conference finals team. But because of some of the actions you guys take, because of this hard stance that is, like I said, a double-edged sword, not only helping but harming, um, you find yourself with a, a, a roster without talent, uh, if I'm being honest, a roster that's going to finish in the Wembayama sweepstakes this year and going to be probably just as bad the next two.
1: You said it. You said it. And, I mean, you just look at Steven Jackson. You look at DeJounte Murray. You look at what these guys contributed to the team while they were there. Steven Jackson, a member of the 2003 NBA championship team, played a vital role, averaged 12 points off the bench for them in in some serious minutes, you know, which is more than what you can ask. Very good efficiency. DeJounte Murray was the star of that team, averaging over 20 points a game, really keeping them relevant, you know? And so it's like you said. At what point do you let these, let's let's keep it real, what feels like these racial connotations dictate the success on the floor? Because without the success on the floor, the Spurs are nothing. Let's keep it a stack, right? And so, yes, you want the clean-cut guys. You want the guys who are not going to bring your franchise headache. We're going to keep themselves out of the news. But if there are guys who might – And it's not like they do, but if there are guys who come with a little baggage, but they're able to make up for that on the floor, then why not keep them, you know? And that's not even the case to say like a Steven Jackson or DeJounte Murray or a LaMarcus Aldridge. These guys who at their time in San Antonio sacrificed selfless players who did everything that was asked of them and more, you know? So you hate to hear and see these kind of things, especially with such a respected franchise and a respected person or coach in Greg Popovich, you know, because let's be honest, yeah. nothing happens in San Antonio without Greg Popovich, period.
0: Yeah, and he's gotten a lot of credit over the over the years for evolving his style, right? It started as a grit and grind. We got two seven-footers, David Robinson and Tim Duncan. We're just going to out-defend you. Then it turned into this uh, Euro-style offense with pace and space and a lot of threes that was able to take down the heatles. It's time to evolve again, Pop. This is a player's league now. You can't coach the way you used to. So um we'll see how he responds. Like I said, still a Hall of Famer, still one of the greats, but um I think some change is, is necessary down in San Antonio.
1: You said it. Uh this is a chink in the armor, if I've ever seen one. And let's see. The the greats can constantly adjust. Uh wouldn't be surprised to see Popovich adjust, but yeah, man, it's a player driven league. You gotta you gotta do right by the players, plain and simple.
0: Thanks. Or are you gonna keep rolling out guys like uh I don't even know anymore, bro, who is on that roster.
1: Uh Devin, some not even know if his first name is Jacob
0: Powell Podel po- 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 or whatever. And
1: po- I was po- gonna po- say po- Eubanks, but he's gone. Like, like let's really read the Spurs roster, man. And big shouts out to the Spurs still, man. They're able to give Tim Duncan a home. My boy, you know what I'm saying, had a lot of had a lot of success there. I even have a friend of mine, my boy, big shouts out. My boy Marshall McCormick currently working at the Spurs right now. We gonna gotta get him on wax sometime soon as well. He's waiting. Okay. But nice. uh, yeah, man. I mean, you look at the squad, guys. You got Jeremy Sochan and Keldon Johnson and Jacob Potal and Trey Jones and Devin Vassell and yeah. Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford
0: the best puts like the cast away the ca-
1: everyone who was drafted in the first you got round
0: shooting free throws with one hand over there you got the guy with the green hair. The, well the
1: guy shooting the, the free guy. throws with one hand <laughs> and the green hair is the same person <laughs> but still still you said it best my brother and so i said all that to say this these are all basically first round rejects mid to mid to, some of them top 10 picks right rejects like let's keep it a stack and your roster is a symbol of just them. I mean, the most well-known player on your team is a, is a Doug McDermott or a Gorgie Dang. Like, come on. Yeah. Or a Josh yeah. Richardson. Big shouts, but come on, Spurs. Y'all got to do better. Yeah, when I, when I read your roster and I keep thinking, oh, he did good in college. <laughs> that's an issue. <laughs> facts. Facts. I mean, there's only a couple of guys that I could think had decent seasons in the
0: league so far. Like, you know? Yeah, well, man, we got to celebrate something because while the Warriors have not had the season most would expect, they do still feel like a team where they start clicking the last month in the season. <laughs> we saw what they did last year. They could be right in the finals again. Something that's going to help that my boy Clay is back. He is fully back and you might have thought, all right, there was a drop off. He wasn't the same last year. And while that is true with the eye tests, you look at the stats And you won't notice, this is Clay's fifth straight season averaging 20 or more points per game. Let that sink in.
1: You said it. You said it. The, uh, basically the only, yeah, you said it. Basically, bro, this man has basically since year four been averaging 20 plus points a game. You know what I mean? He's basically a 20 point career guy. And we know that this guy would be closer to a 30 point career guy if he didn't have the likes of Steph and KD that he had to share the floor with. But Clay is a bucket. The guy just scored 54 earlier in the year, not even two weeks ago. Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson is him. He's one of those guys that you can attest, like Jalen Brown. It's like if you saw him in his own team, you don't even know what this guy is capable of, you know. But I'd say the big difference between the C's and the Warriors right now is like you said, the regular season record is not good. But this is a team that can turn they could be eighth in the conference as long as they make it to the playoffs they're dangerous they are a championship contender and i think that's the opposite of the celtics is like we know that they're a really really good regular season team we feel the feeling is that they're going to be a great playoff team championship contender but with the warriors we know they're not a good regular season team but we feel we know that these guys can still make a deep run come april may and june
0: can we give this man clay some clay some flowers First of all, I think I was wrong on that. It's not five, one, two, three, four, five, six. It's seven straight years, <laughs> averaging 20. He's a five-time All-Star. His first seven years, he <laughs> before the injury, he never shot below 40% from three. That's crazy. He still has Nine it. Oh, uh, well, game. no, you're right. That's not true. That's not yeah. true. It was the injury year. He was getting back into it. He's like at 39%. It's going to be 40 for the year. Like I'm pretty confident to say that, but. Man, like the model of consistency, one of the we talk about greatest shooters ever. I know it's it's easy to forget him when you when you just think about his teammate over there. Yeah. But, bro, Clay is that dude, bro. Let's let's just read his numbers.
1: Right. I mean, some of the numbers scoring wise might not jump at you, but you look at these efficiency numbers. I mean, 24 points, eight for 16 <laughs> nuts, Right. <laughs> uh, 26 points, nine for 21 could be better. 16 points, seven for 10 right? 29 points, 10 for 24 could be a little better. 30 points, 11 for 23, 54 points, 21 for 39, 10 for 20 from three point land, right? So come on, man, the guy gets it done night before that 31 points, 11 for 22 shooting clay is him. You know what I mean? And this is all in what he's not averaging more than 35 minutes a game. Some of the games, he's not even getting more than 25 minutes a game. You know, clay is him. If he had more touches, if this guy was running an offense, you would see him having at least a couple 30-point season underneath his belt. There's no doubt about it. No doubt.
0: Yeah, man. Clay, Clay, it's weird because as good as he is, and he's played good in a lot of the playoffs he's been in, like the majority of them, for a shooter that I view in the era, like in the same class as Ray Allen, I'm still waiting for him to have that huge moment like in the finals, like that, that the shot type moment. I think it's going to happen. Undoubtedly. He's on good teams, right? Like they're going to be in the mix and he's had like game five clays. Like we've seen that before, but just like the one shot when the team's down, I guess it's because they always win. Yeah. 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 Except for that, (laughs) except for that one year uh, with the comeback, the three one comeback, like they're always up like 40. Nah, it's
1: true, bro. It's true. And I mean, this is the thing about Clay, right? Like you said, obviously, he always steps up when is needed. His uh, his regular season stats and his playoff stats are almost, you know, like they're almost always better in the playoffs, except for barring, you know, the, the injury year or whatever. Clay Thompson is him, but we have yet to see a very big, iconic moment from Clay. Ray Allen, he, he was chock full of them. Reggie Miller, chock full of those. Steph Curry's even got one or two in the belt. Who's a notoriously quiet playoff player, right? Um, but yeah, clay, man. We still haven't seen that. Uh we know he's here, we know he's been here, but we still haven't seen that I'm him yet, you know? Yeah.
0: We need the Mike Green Bang on a clay, like game winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Steph's got the <laughs> half-court game winner in overtime or whatever it was yeah. against the Thunder in 2015-16. Okay, yep, yep, yep. So Still waiting on that moment, Clay, but nonetheless, he still gets his shine and his love on the plug. Yes,
0: sir, man. Before we get out of here, we want to tell you all about the best, man, it's hair care, skin care, groom care brand in the game. Y'all see me looking Christmas card clean. If y'all want to get right, check out EvanAlexanderGrooming.com, promo code hoop underscore plug.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Y'all think your boy hair is thinning, right? But, uh. Used to be worse than this before I met EvanAlexanderGrooming.com. And as you guys can see from me and my boy Ty, the beard's always on point. So you already know, man, EvanAlexanderGrooming.com, the place. I don't want to say the best place because it's the place to get everything that you need. Hair care, skin care, beard care, everything you need in one to get yourself right. So big shouts out, EvanAlexanderGrooming.com.
0: All right, y'all, that's going to do it. Another jam-packed episode in the books. Real quick, want to thank y'all guys for getting us to 500 subscribers on YouTube. Big shouts out to y'all. Ross, any final
1: thoughts? Big shouts out to the 500. Big shouts out to getting a TikTok over 600. We saw it. 700 now. Oh, damn. Okay, y'all. Going crazy. Going Thank you, guys. You know what I'm saying? We cannot do this without y'all. So it's very important that we show y'all the love and the respect and the credit that you guys deserve. Don't forget to keep running up these videos. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on the Hoop Plug. And as always, guys, put some flavor in your ear. Peace. Peace.